I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Down the blind, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle has won. Lindsay Collins getting four weeks. We didn't really talk about it. Do you think it deserved four weeks? I, I didn't think four mm. at the time, uh, but uh, do prize and everything go into that, or is that just? I, I just yeah, yeah, yeah. He's had yeah, three charges so. this year. This is his third one. His third charge. Dangerous contract okay, charge. Cool. Yeah. If his record was clean, he would have got two. I'm ninety nine percent sure. Okay, yeah. well, that makes more sense. Then. Yeah. Yeah. Timmy. Yeah, I'm the same. I think uh, I, I, I find that. Players get suspensions with clean records that I find are way too harsh all the time. Rugby being a physical game, it really stirs stirs me up. But when they're prior offenders, they've done it and they've had chances. Um, I'm you know not yeah. too bad. And in regards to the hip drop, I've actually seen some players. I don't know if you have go in and go oh, nah. So it is working. Mm, yeah. In my again, I don't have evidence. I just when I'm watching a game, I've watched some players. You see them come flying in to like tackle legs. And then they go, they stop and they go, and they just grab like that. And look, they may lose the tackle, lose the momentum, but hopefully it's just, it's a tackle that's got to go. Now the Roosters, I'm not, no, some of the, the report was that Roosters higher up were a bit frustrated because they showed evidence, I don't know if the Roosters did, but Fox showed evidence of like Kafusi allegedly hip dropping and there just was no injury on Tokiaho. The, the tough thing is you, you're going to, that's going to happen, but we just got to, this is a situation where I kind of do think injury does play a bit of a role because, because it's such a grey, weird area. If we started suspending blokes for not even an injury and nothing happening, it's like we'd be suspending, you know. So I understand the Roosters' frustration though. It's like because only reason why Lindsay Collins is getting pinged for four weeks or whatever is because of the injury. But I just think we've got to do whatever we can to get that, get that tackle gone. Yep, I agree. Um, so... Yeah, it sucks for Lindsay, really does. Um, but I, I'm, I've watched games over the weekend and seen players go in and stop and go, whoop, not going to do that. And even, even like there's been times where I've watched, you know, the, the crusher, like that's pretty much gone now, the crusher tackle. And that's because players, you see them in tackles and they go, oh, shit, and they like step out of the tackle. And so hopefully we can get there 
uh, with the the hip drop because um, it's got to go. Got to, got to go. Now on to this Storm v. Roosters. Don't forget quickly, guys, bloke jersey, 6 p.m. Wednesday. Be there. They're going to go like hotcakes. So 6 p.m. Wednesday, set your alarms. Bloke jerseys dropping 6 p.m. this Wednesday. Now on to Storm v. Roosters. What a game of footy. Had everything. Had everything. It had drama. It had brouhaha's. It had the, the big forwards going at it. Had skill. It had uh, a really, really good game of footy. Uh, as I said, like I think this was a game where people needed to see other Roosters just you know beating lesser teams, or are they the real deal? I think that the Roosters have announced to the competition they are the real deal. Thoughts, Guru? Yeah, I'm going to have to wear this one. <laughs> They're back now. I thought they were running out of time, but uh, shame on me for questioning Robbo just quietly. <laughs> um, yeah. 18-4. to four. I, I personally thought that the simbining of Maria Hargraves sort of got the storm back into this game a little bit. I thought mm. the Roosters were the better side uh, throughout the entire contest. And it wasn't easy for the Chooks. They had to swap um, Suali'i. He came to the other wing. Manu went uh, over to the right wing. Like, it, it didn't come easy for them. Obviously, they lost Victor Radley late in the fair, which was terrifying to watch. We'll get to that soon. But, yeah, mate, I thought the Roosters were very impressive. I think the form of Luke Keary at the moment... The last two or three weeks might be the best footy he's ever played, I think. Played some pretty bloody good footy. He's played some great footy, but the last two <coughs> or three weeks, I, th- I think he's been like that, that game against the Tigers. Granted, it was a big win and whatever, but he, he was just <coughs> in control and just he was just pulling the right plays on every single play. It's just really interesting because, you know, I made the point a while ago how, you know, you have a tendency to go, well, he's our experienced guy and he should be the seven. And I think a lot of Roosters fan, fans thought at the start of the year, like, of course he should be the seven. He's the experienced guy. He knows how to get around the park. But then when you actually look at it, you're like, he actually hasn't played much seven at all. At all. You had, you obviously got Kribbekronk, then you got Flanagan, then he was injured a lot of last year. And just ever since he's been moved back to six, he's been outstanding. And there's nothing wrong with being a sensational six. Like, you no need way. it. Like, and you even look back to that grand final where Cooper Cronk was running around with one arm. Like, like they, they, they knew that they needed Cooper Cronk out there hmm. to lead them around the park because it freed up Luke Keery just to do his thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's so evident now that we see it and it yeah. looks like it works and stuff. But, yeah, I remember in the preseason <clears> sort of thinking, they can't play Sam Walker as the main guy, mm. surely. But uh, it's just how talented this kid is. Yeah. Timmy? Yeah, just... With the coaching that Guru's just touched on, um, you just never, should never, ever, ever doubt these champion coaches, should you? Like, mm. this was such a cracking, high quality game of football. And Craig Bellamy and Trent Robinson have their sides peaking when it matters. Mm. It doesn't really matter what you do before the final few rounds of the seasons and mm. into the, the final series, but. They've got these two sides absolutely humming and it's like it shouldn't be any shock, should mm. it? We're like we we'd all be guilty here of at some stage or another saying, might be lying through this the rooster, or it might be lying through the storm, and here they are, putting on yep. an absolute clinic. So uh, it was a wonderful, wonderful game of footy. As you said, that Roosters had to contend with losing Tooper, which caused some some changes early on. Um, and like dissecting it, there's a million different avenues, isn't there? Mm. Oh mate. Had seriously. Uh, great game of footy. Uh, we'll talk about the Roosters first. Um, yeah, like uh, as you just discussed, Kiri's been outstanding. Um, I mean, I, th- I think Sam Walker, I put a little post up about it, but, you know, when you actually look at his stats and, you know, basically since he's moved back to seven, uh, they've only lost one game. 
you know, he's he's basically got a winning record of about just under ninety percent. So I think it's like from their last eight games, he's won seven at halfback. And the only one they lost was to Penrith Panthers away at Penrith. And it was that game where a few tough calls went against the Roosters and they really could have won it. Mm. You know, so <clears throat> to think that Stan Walker's at seven has defeated the Storm and the uh, the Storm and uh, a bunch of other teams as well. Obviously, seven seven um, you know seven game winning streak or whatever that they're on. On top of that, like to think that he took it to the Penny Panthers all the way back then. Uh, it just his maturity, the way he's rounding out his game. Like you're not going to see, or you might see still the flashy stuff. But it's the, all the little things, like his kicking, his metres has nearly doubled. Uh, he's taken control of the kicking. And it, it, it spells, it shows, it spells a really good um, future for Sam Walker because I think a lot of us all sat here and thought, like, okay, there's the wonder kid, there's a kid that can get the tri-assist, there's a kid that can do all the crazy stuff. But can he mature enough into a leading seven? And I think that a, a lot of us thought, I don't know whether he can be the guy mm. to lead an NRL side around the field because you don't usually match that flary, crazy trickery with steady, you know, good seven that can just lead you around. And I think that it's it's good signs for the Roosters that this kid's going to be there for the next 10 years. This is his second year. We're talking about in his second year, he's taken it to the best teams in the comp. And right now, it looks like that they will challenge for a prelim at the minimum and maybe even a grand final. Um, you know, so really, really good stuff. Then you've got Suwali'i on the edge there, far out. He he loves it. Like, he loves it. The, like, the amount of work that he gets through and also just the energy at which he attacks his work, super, super impressive. Uh, Manu, as always, amazing. Um, the Roosters are looking absolutely red hot and it's looking like the lodge purchase mid-year was a masterstroke absolute masterstroke it's exactly what they needed for that moment and it's a better signing now that lindsey collins going to be out mm. until the grand final if they're going to be there mm. having lodged there is massive you mentioned sam walker the other thing that i think is going to become super important over the next few weeks he goal kicked at 54 percent last year he's mm. at 77 percent now yep he's improved out of sight you look at the points you know the goals that he's kicked over the last few weeks like four five four twelve three like he's he's kicked at 77 this year i reckon at the moment he's kicking at around 85. yeah which is crazy because honestly watching last year i was like he doesn't have the mechanics yeah. to mm. be able to do this like he was like barely making the distance of the conversions i'm going how's this kid going to be a kicker <laughs> He must have absolutely worked his butt off to be able to do what he's doing. Says everything about his character, yeah. does he? That in such a short space of time, he's yeah. able to turn that percentage around. Mm. And I think actually in the preseason, we talked about one concern with the Roosters is they didn't have a kicker. Mm. And then this kid is like very easily could have said, you know what, I don't want to be the kicker, Robbo. Like, you know, and maybe he did go and say that. I'm not sure. Maybe he did go and say, look, I'm not comfortable. And maybe Robbo put an arm around him and said, mate, you're going to be our kicker. We'll work with you. We'll get it right. Um, <clears throat> stood up to that they well actually started Kamakamitha on the edge, mm. but um, they played Big Nelson, got him running wide again at times as we sort of anticipated running out Sammy Walker. He stood up to him like yep. he like and he missed three tackles. Yeah, and he and he had a, he got him right onto him, um, not one on one, I shouldn't say, yeah. but close enough to it a few times. And Sammy just got down low as he does, chopped him, and he did such did such a good job. Yeah, even even the the try saving tackle on Bromwich. It's like five mm. minutes, ten minutes to go. Mm. Game's on the line. 
one-on-one tackle. They hit Bromwich on a just a little a sneaky little overs line to uh, isolate Sam Walker. Mm. And right. Sam Walker with the perfect tackle around yeah. the legs, like old school, chopped him, try saver. You know, and as absolute. And also, you could argue a game winner because it's eighteen fourteen in score. Um, you know, outside of that, you got guys like. You know, Nat Butcher, who just gets about his business. 38 tackles, zero missed. Um, you know, they're just looking red hot. Uh, I will say, uh, Victor Radley, uh, that was, you know, really confronting to watch. Now, NRL Physio came out and said that, according to the doctors that he's spoken to, that's actually not... Like, a knockout is bad. Like, there's no... Like, a knockout's bad. But whether you convulse or you don't convulse is actually not a, a sign that the knockout's worse. Mm. So that's the positive that, like... It's, you know, there's no positives in the situation. But the silver lining is is the convulsions that he was having aren't a sign that the more damage has been done. Um, you know, apparently Victor was up about talking straight after it. Um, I would say, though, he should not play this week. Like, it'd be crazy for him to play this week. There's nothing to gain, uh, essentially. They're already in finals footy. I think his dad's already been asked and he said, you know, I think that they should rest him. Absolutely should rest him. Like, you know, it was a bad knock, like mm. a bad knockout. Yeah, it was, I think con- confronting is a good word, good way to put it. It was, it was scary to watch. Um, <coughs> do you, like, that's, if, it's another example of like all these people like, oh, just tackle down low, tackle down low, like, the game's changed. Like it's it's almost more dangerous to try to hit low like that. Um, now you can do it in a way where you're kind of falling, kind of like Sam Walker's way, where you fall back with them and ch- like hold their legs. But to try to hit hard yeah. like that low, it's a dangerous, dangerous game. You get your head in the wrong position just once, you're out like a light. Like these, you know, go back even watching the early nineties, like. The forwards were nowhere near as big as they are now. Like, they may be as big a frame, but the muscle mass that is on these forwards these days, it is like night and day. Seriously, night and day. On top of that, you know, you go back to the 90s as well, and obviously the bigger athletes, but the time between play the balls and you making your next tackle, it's cut in half. Mm. Like, they're, they're just, they're over the advantage line so quickly now, and it's, like, I, I'm shocked that there aren't more guys that end up with their heads in the wrong spot for yeah. how quickly they have to... It's because that you know one goes low anymore. Yeah, well, I, yeah, and I mean, like, it's t- take out the injury side of things. Like, fuck, it's hard to go low anymore because all these guys have got such great offloading ability, and their fucking legs are like yeah. tree trunks. It's yeah, and and that's the thing. Like, you know, back in the day, you know, and and this is I n- never want to be a person who's like, oh, back in the day they weren't great. There's no, there's, there's, that's not true. Those players back in the day, if they had the science that we have today, they would be just just as um, competitive you know maybe you, you could make the argument as the game has opened up and as we're getting bigger players in you know a lot of more Polynesians with more opportunity you could make the argument that they may they have um, it's harder to make a seam today yep sweet there's no denying that but the, the best of back in the day with today's science would, would still kill it in saying that they didn't have today's science they didn't have today's gym mm-hmm. all, the, all the gym and stuff that they do like Back those days, you'd walk in, throw a few weights around, then you'd get out in the footy field. I mean, they, they didn't even do wrestling back then. So it was almost just like, it's, it's, a, it's just night and day. The size of players, like I would love to find out a way if you could compare like the PBs in the gym now across the board compared to like across the board what they were doing in the gym 20 years ago. And it just, it, the, the science wasn't there. The information wasn't there for the players. And also like 
what we only really fully went uh, like full time professional after Super League, didn't we? Like as in full time big squads. Full-time, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we had full time players before that, but like big squads of twenty five people. If I like, so yeah, to go low these days, it's almost. It's it's almost you just can't like you don't get awarded for it rewarded for it by the ref you don't get to hold on you got to let go immediately, but also the chance of knocking yourself out like with a big bopper run like that oh, mate so hopefully uh, it sounds like he's recovering quite quickly which is really really good signs um, but outside of that the, the the another one I want to talk about what about Connor Watson. How stoked would he be right now? Yeah. And he, a few weeks ago, he was the guy that I was like, they're just trying to fit him in and they're trying to play him for big minutes and I just think they need to be a little bit stricter on how they use him. And I think that he's just been given a very simple role, a short amount of minutes just Mm. to go berserk and he's nailing it. It suits him so perfectly. And credit to Robbo because it is a hard balancing act. Mm. Like there's, I think there's a lot of other coaches in the NRL that would have really struggled with trying to work Mm. all this out, getting the best out of Manu, Watson, Bradley, all these guys. He's done incredibly well. Mm. I mean, I was, I was just having a look at, at their season so far, and round 13 to round 16, they didn't win a single game. They lost to the Raiders, Storm, Eels, Panthers. It was the Panthers game we spoke about where they got a bit, a little bit unlucky. That's where they, um, that's where they moved. You right? I was like, I was just looking at what you, what you <laughs> look at, because I was like, what do you look at compared to what I look at? All right. Are you just on NRL.com? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He freaked me out. Um, <laughs> I just know what you're looking at over there, boys. Um, but yeah, like that, they lost 13, 14, 15, 16. It was round 16 where they moved Sam Walker to halfback instead of 5-8. Since then, they've won seven games in a row. Yeah. Well, so, but he was halfback for Penrith as well, wasn't he? he yeah, but I mean, as we said, he got unlucky yeah. in that one. Yeah, yeah. That's it's what I mean. It's incredible the turnaround. And the like, turnaround they, they've won all these games by a fair whack as well. I mean, this is the closest game they've played in a couple of weeks. Like that, that's the thing. Like a lot of people, when I mid year, when I was like, oh, they're not that far off. Like they really aren't. When they they went on a bit of a run, like a couple of losses, but it was against like the Storm, I think the Eels, the Penrith, Pen, like it was against top tier teams. Mm. And I, I just I just could see it kind of slowly coming together. And like right now, as I said, like today, and it's a week's a long, long time in footy. But today, for me, it's them and the Panthers in the grand final. Obviously, that can change in a week's time. You know, Rabbitohs come out and tell them up. We're going to be sitting here going, fuck, the Rabbitohs are in it. But, mate, they're seven on a trot. Seven I, I, trot. I'm with you. The one thing that concerns me is if Radley does miss multiple weeks and, like, who knows, off the back of that nasty concussion. We I touched on two weeks ago on the podcast about the Roosters' win streak with Radley back in the team mm. and, and how it had coincided perfectly with Victor Radley being back and starting at lock. Mm. With him, and, and also in turn, we've spoken all year about um, all these attacking pieces and, and who's the dominant playmaker and all this, but it all, Victor Radley as that link man seemed to bring it all together. Mm. Now with him out, I'm intrigued to see if Connor Watson comes in as the 13 as a more natural ball playing lock, which mm. seems the obvious option, but I don't particularly like it just because Watson does run around like a bit of a headless truck at times, and, and I don't think he's going to help that, that mm. structure. So then outside of that, like they were playing that Butcher at lock a few times earlier in the year when Tupanu was there. They could throw a Taukiaho in there at lock. I would like to see Hutchinson at lock. Maybe Hutchinson's the man. And, yep. and all he has to do is just play as that link, yep. just to provide the good service to Kiri and Walker either side. Mm. Because, as I said, they, they hadn't been great this season without Radley. Mm. So as we, we expect him probably to miss this week. You know, if he has symptoms... 
he's a long way from being guaranteed week one of finals. Yeah. We'll see how they go without him. Yeah. Look, I even if Radley did have symptoms, mm. I can't like I don't I think he would, he's so keen to play week one of the finals. I can't see him ruling himself out. You know what I mean? He'd be ready to roll for 100%. You know, what I'm saying is, is like, would he even tell them if he had symptoms leading into week one of the finals? Mm. I don't think he would. I, look, it's better for him long-term if he does. I'm just saying he seems like the kind of guy that that old-school footy player that will – look, I'm just not going to tell him because I don't right, play. I, I agree with you for the for the finals, but for South Sydney this week? He might even try, but he, Robbo's got to just be try. Like, I have no doubt he'll try. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But Robbo's just got to be like, no, nah, no I way. like the Hutcho shout. Yeah. That's good. I was sort of leaning towards Takiaho, but I think Hutcho, that, that could be a really good one. Yeah. He played six for him fantastic. How about Hutcho from nowhere? Yeah. All of a sudden he starts at centre over Paul Momorowski on the weekend and other very good footballers. Oliver Gildare. Kevin Nangama. Nangama. Uh, he's played in the halves at times. He's been a starting hooker at times. Now we're talking about him as the best man to play for Radley at lock. Well, it's funny because a bloke uh, messaged me DM and he said, is Hutcho the new Orbo? I said, mate, <laughs> he's about ten years away, but it's, it's not a fish. It's not a bad shout. It's it's really not. And he has played a very similar role to mm. Orbo. He's just filling in everywhere cool. and doing a really good job. Now, Orbo's a premiership winning seven, so let's just pump the brakes. <laughs> a bit um, but yeah, I like Hutcho at thirteen. I actually think he can do a really good job. He's actually a much bigger. He's actually body wise probably as big as Victor. He's a unit. Yeah, he's a big boy, Drew. Um, I call him Drew. Uh, <laughs> sounded weird calling him Drew instead of Hutcher. It sound weird. Yeah, it was his fucking name. Um, you know, I, I would love to see him there because we, I, I, I thought he was really good last year at six. I thought he was one of their unsung heroes. Got the job done. And I actually think at 13, he may be even better because his ball playing is probably better than Radley's. Um, and so it might even be slicker ball playing wise. Obviously, you're going to miss so much of the defense from Radley and the good attacking um, you know, you're not going to have to worry about Hutcho running the ball as much as Radley running the ball. But I think it could, it could be something that they could look at. And also, with the way Radley plays, it might be worth, you know, bringing Drew Hutcho there. Because, you know, Radley may seem like he may become a guy that plays, you know, 15 to 16 games a year because he's so hectic the way he plays. And his body's not going to be able to handle, you know, 23, 24 games a year or 26 games a year. Good shout, I reckon. Mm. Well, that's what you're here for. Yeah. <laughs> Especially now that Collins is out. Like, I think you want Takiaho coming off the bench. Mm. I think you want him to come on in about the 30th minute to, to hold the middle. So Yeah, for sure. I like it. Um, another another option is, you know, Nat Butcher. He, he could lock it up and be kind of an old school lock where he just gets through a bunch of work, kind of Jake Trevojevich type mm. lock. The other one's Egan, though. Mm. Egan could come in and, and do a good. See, I'd, probably I'd, probably put, I'd probably put Egan on the edge before I'd put just because it's such a crucial role. I'd want an experienced guy in that thirteen before a rookie. Mm. Um, but maybe Egan's more mobile than than that. That's pretty that mobile. Um, but yeah, the, the Roosters, holy, just uh, yeah, wow, they completed over eighty percent. It's all looking good. Hard. What do we think about the uh, Hargreaves Sinvin boys? Thought it was fair. I thought, like, in the context it was fair, like, as in they were literally just told any more niggle than anything, yep. you're gone. And then he gets in and starts fucking rubbing eyes and chinning people. But, like, if it wasn't in that context, I'd be like, look, footy, who cares? If it was the first thing that had happened, yeah, I can understand not being Simbin, but 
as you said, he was literally just fucking told. And, and I love the, that, by the way. Yeah. I'm all for it. I think mm. I, th- I thought it was great. But and he just won the battle. It was a great shot yeah. on Nelson. Like Nelson ran straight, and like I don't know if he won it, but he definitely didn't lose it. Gets it. Gets him on the ground. Like you know, that's a win. Leave it. Boom. What do you reckon, Timmy? Yeah, just stupid, wasn't it? <laughs> so stupid. Stupid, but Deserved so great it. at the same time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I mean, it's it's why he is who he is, yeah. though. You you can't with with Hargreaves. You can't mm. love him for that when you need a mongrel in the trenches. You can't be like we love fucking. But then he's going to do that too. Yeah. Otherwise, he's not going to be the mongrel in the trenches. So. And it must be worth having because if it wasn't, Trent Robinson wouldn't. Well, Robo well, Robo said that's exactly what. Forward supposed to do set the tone. I think the tone. there's an interview coming out this week uh, that Jake Duke sat down with um, Victor Radley, mm. and Radley sort of he talks about how like he wants to be the guy after Jared, mm. and just the pride he takes in being that guy like Jared. And he essentially says like, "Oh, you need a guy that's got some shit in his game. You need a guy that's going to be a bit of an asshole." It's like, true. It's it's a hundred percent true. And you can okay. see how much pride Radley yeah. takes yeah. in being that and, next and guy. It, like because I know Gus always makes a like kind of joke about it but like you know are we making decisions of the game to to please the soccer mom or the lawyers or the whatever and in a similar vein like we try to pretend like that isn't rugby league like we we try to pretend that there aren't 17 maniacs running around (laughs) that are willing to absolutely destroy their bodies and because we live in australia we're so desensitized to rugby league but if you took rugby league out and you just Planted in another country and you said, this is their favourite sport. You'd go, they're a bunch of fucking madmen. And that's like, we got 17, even even the players that you sit there and go, oh, you know, he doesn't run that hard. Do you know what he's had to do to get there? Like the training and shit that he's had to go through? Like, I, I promise you, the softest NRL player is still harder than nearly every person there is outside of other, you know, athletes or whatever. And so... Like, Radley's right. Like, the game is built on the hard men, the, the tough men in the middle, and you need an enforcer. Every team needs an enforcer. Now, you talk about how tough it is. Like, you know, we get, you know, NRL physio or injury reports every week. They're all fucking injured. Yeah. Literally every single one of them is playing through injury every single game, especially at this time of the year. We just don't know about it. I promise you, there's not a single player right now running on the field that's played the season that doesn't have an injury that needs either a few weeks off, surgery, or is actually getting needled up to be out there. I promise you. Like, it is – it's just – it's unfathomable. Like, by the end of the season, you're so sore. Like, the amount of times when I was playing where I was like, I don't think I can play today. Like, I'm that sore. But you just somehow push through it. Like, you somehow – and that's why, you, like, you you sometimes – you know, clubs are being a bit harsh, pushing players to play with certain injuries. And, and yeah, sometimes the, players, the clubs do go too far – but the clubs are trying to balance a fine line between pushing you to be the best you can be, but also sometimes realizing you've pushed someone too far. Like perfect example, um, I, I I twinge my hammy in a game round one, round two rolls around, and I was like, oh man, I don't know. We did all the fitness drills, and I kept saying, I don't know, I don't know. Then the the head trainer pulled me aside and basically was like, basically called me soft and was like, you need to harden up and play. Warm up, warm up rolls around, boom, Hammy goes out for four to six weeks. Um, and there were other times where I had broken ribs playing or whatever. So it, you do get your bad stories, but in saying that, it's, it's the only way to do it. Because yeah. if you start 
giving in to every player's, ooh, I'm a little bit too sore. It, players will take the easy way out or they'll, they'll, or not even take the easy way out. They won't have faith in their ability to push through whatever injury it is. So, and for every bad story you hear, there's a hundred good ones mm. where players have pushed through and have been, been okay because that's what you have to do. That's what you have to do. And, yeah. and again, you're not going to be competitive unless you're ruthless. You're just not. You have to be ruthless. Um, so it's going to be interesting, that interview with uh, Victor. Um, but outside of that, great game by the Roosters. Really good game. Look, if, if you're being really critical, you could say the Storm had quite a few errors in them. And so I wonder how, you know, the Roosters are going to go against the clinical Panthers that don't, you know, make that many errors. Uh, one negative, though, hate, hate to be a party pooper, but the amount of penalties. The game went for oh. so long. So there were 25 <laughs> penalties all up. If you include the six agains and offsides and rah rah, twenty five penalties. Put the whistle away, Jesus! And I think there was another game too, where it went for over two hours, mm-hmm. and the commentators were going, "Holy, put it away!" Seriously, that's what makes Origin so great. Is that the refs, like you know, we, we give refs shit or, or whatever, but mostly the refs, uh, ref Origin, they have an ability to know when to to blow penalties and when not to, and it mm-hmm. flows really well. So. Um, now onto the storm. Just on the roosters before we go off, and I said the same thing about Parramatta, so it's only fair. The roosters they've lost, they've won seven games in a row here. Teams they've beaten: Dragons, Newcastle, Seagulls, Broncos, Cowboys, Tigers. So, out of the current top eight, the Cowboys are the only team that are in there they've beaten on this run. But and Storm, uh, yeah, but that win against the Storm <laughs> says yeah. to me, okay. Well, uh, that ready, was yeah. again like last week we were saying this is the test. Like, yeah, this was the test of like, are the Roosters just winning against the lower tier teams or are they the real deal? And I think they <laughs> proved it; they're the real deal. Yeah, same as Parramatta going into this week against. Berkeley. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I'd say Parra are a little different because they've beaten both Penrith and Storm, so it's like, it's hard to say. They could come out and play like bustards and then turn around to Penrith and beat them. And, oh, play the next week and play incredible. Like, mm. well, have Penrith been on a seven-game win streak this year? I assume they have, yeah. <laughs> no. Pe- oh, sorry, not Penrith. Sorry, Para. Right. Para. No, I don't think so. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Like, I, they're <laughs> a little bit different. Like, I can see Pen- uh, Pan- uh, Panthers – oh, my God. The Para Eels – playing busted one week and then coming out and killing it the next yeah, week. Yeah, but I, I think it, it's not so much about the seven in a row for me. It's the fact that, uh, you know, we're all getting a vibe that Parramatta might be back over the last few weeks. They haven't played those top-tier sides and this will be the test that will give us a good indication of where they're at. Mm. I, I agree with you. They can, I've said it all fucking season. They can come out in finals and get beat by 40 or win by 40. Could go yeah. either way. But I, I still think this will be a big test of Parramatta, one that I'm looking forward to seeing how they respond because it's practically finals footy. They're playing for a home for, they're yeah, playing for, for sure. a top-four game. Yeah, for sure. Um, now, uh, onto the Storm. Thoughts on the Storm? I definitely don't think it was uh, something to be too, I guess, disappointed with. Um, the game was there for, there for them to win. Um, you know, 14 errors uh, definitely didn't help their case, that's for sure. Uh, they also only completed a, you know, 75% is okay, but you want to probably be around the 80% uh, in regards to completion. Uh, but... You know, outside of that, I thought they had a few really good performances. Um, you know, Jerome Hughes had some incredible moments. Uh, he also had 16 tackles, zero misses, uh, nine tackle breaks, two line breaks, a line break assist. He is absolutely amazing. Um, but, yeah, so I don't think there's nothing to worry about. I actually think that, you know, you, it's a very – you know, you can be angry and upset if you're the Storm in, in the sense that the game was there to be won, but it seems like there's very fixable – just a few tweaks here or there – um, that could have been sorted. Uh, I, 
they really miss Pappenhausen though. Like far out, he would have been helpful on the weekend. Like he he Pappenhausen is worth at least four points. That's for sure. Mm. Um, Timmy, what do you think about the storm? Yeah, I think this all the stoppages in the game probably went went against <clears throat> the Roosters and sorry against the storm and played into the Roosters' hands. Just because the storm are. As you touched on, getting back to their, their roots of being that grindy, gritty side that we've seen uh, in years past, and just all the stop, he just, just gave the Roosters that time to, to recompose themselves where the storm just going, keep this coming, get mm. quicker, get quicker. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think be, they'd be too disappointed in losing the game by just four points. It took a phenomenal James Tedesco tackle on Bromwich to stay in this game, which would have been the match win with about three to go, conversion to come. So I think they're peaking just in time come week one of the finals. And, yeah, I, I don't think they'd be too disheartened by it. Mm, yeah, no, I agree. I also think that, you know, defensively, that the fact that they could they had Roosters on their line for as long as they did um, is a positive. Plus, they had six line breaks to the Roosters too. So, like, the game was there for them to mm. win. It's it, They absolutely weren't out of it by any stretch. I also think the fact that they only missed 23 tackles compared to the Roosters' 40 – so, like, although they'll be disappointed, it's just the ingredients are all there. Just a few little tweaks. What do you reckon, Guru? I completely agree with everything both of you have said. I, I don't really have much to add, to be honest with you. Mm. I think it's there. It's just sometimes you're going to have two good footy sides that are going to go head-to-head. Someone has to win. Mm. Someone yep. has to lose. I don't think there's... Can they win the comp without Papenhausen? I don't think so. Mm. I think they can. You reckon? Yeah. Oh, it's tough. I think for them to win a comp without Papenhausen, they need Meany to have the best month of his not the yeah probably the best <coughs> month of his career. Doesn't need to be incredible like by other people's standards, but I think that he needs to pick up a little bit of slack uh, at the back there because like Munster can only do uh, sorry at six there, um, you know. So for example, Munster, sorry Meany, I think in attack would sw- sometimes sweep as fullback. But then also he'd play at six at times. So it's mm. very interesting. But like, yes, he did score a try, but he had six runs for 28 metres. Um, you know, 16 tackles, only one miss, which was great. But I, if they could just get a little bit more out of him. I will say also, um, I don't think that their outside backs have been as explosive as they probably should be. Like when you look at the metres made, you know, 54 metres made by Nofaluma, which is just not wow. good enough. Yeah, not good enough. Um, then you've got... 94 Seve, 85 Olam, and 118 Coates. Um, Coates actually had two line breaks, interestingly. So I, that, that is an area in, in their game that definitely needs to be improved because you look at the, you know, Daniel Tupu, he was he played for 13 minutes and he made 63 metres. <laughs> you know, like that's more than Nofa Waluma. You're both questioning with Melbourne – be able to win it without Pappy, and, mm. and that's that's an absolutely fine take. You, you could be hundred percent. Oh, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. <clears throat> not sure. I'm not sure. And it might be you might be spot on the money, but we don't need to explain how much of a loss Pappenhausen is, and going down to Nick Meany. Nick Meany's a solid footballer, but he's no Ryan Pappenhausen. This is a team like the loss of Pappy, while he's good defensively, is predominantly the points they lose in attack. Mm. This is a team that's got Jerome Hughes, Cam Munster, and Harry Grant, six, seven, and nine. Mm. You can't tell me they don't have the points through those three alone mm. to go through the final series. Well, like, for example, we just read all those stats six line breaks, way less missed tackles, <coughs> and yet they couldn't get the points to beat the Panthers, mm. uh, to beat the Roosters. And so I wonder that that's my question is like, if Pappy's on the field, 
They definitely get the points and beat the Roosters. Well, yeah. they, well, they with Papi on the field there, yeah, exactly. They they win that game. Mm. And so they, I, they could win that game by ten or twelve points yeah, with Papi on the field. Exactly. And that so does mean they can't win without him, but and so well, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like for example, the Roosters managed to hold them out uh, at home, <clears> and then you know then you've got Penny Panthers who you know fucking incredible. Even even when the Penny Panthers were missing a lot of their players, they still only scored sixteen points. And yes, they came up to Brisbane and absolutely fucking towed us. But I just that, that's the mm. question in my mind is like, can they score enough points yeah. to win a yeah, game fair, of footy? Fair. Like that Tedesco tackle with three minutes to go, I think was understated. Probably amidst all the chaos that happened in yeah, that game, it was incredible. It was unbelievable. Mm. If he gets that ball down, which you think he would ninety nine times out of hundred except for that tackle, yeah, they're sitting there and they've scored three tries and they've won that game mm. against a red hot Roosters. Are we telling a different story? Like yeah. maybe we're not. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, again, that, that's why I'm still not in the camp of they can or they can't. Mm. That's just the only question I have with the Storm is like, we know they can defend their asses off. Well, it seems like they've turned that around. Like, mm. there's a period there where, like, you know, they didn't look like they defend. But the only, the one, when they faced the top tier teams, even though they got the win against Panthers and fair play to them, it's just that amount of points. I wonder whether. Like, Pappy was such a huge part of their incredible run where they broke all these records. And I, I just wonder, do they have that extra bit of punch at the end? Like, they've definitely got the roster for it, mm. but can they find a way? I don't know, yes or no, it's going to be interesting. Um, to I also see. think that on top of Pappy, like, I look at their team at the moment. And did you say before that Tommy Eisenhurst's out? Is that what yeah, you just yeah, said? Yeah, yeah, he's out for like six okay, weeks. Okay, yeah. so all of a sudden, like, I think over the next six weeks, surely they're going to have another injury somewhere in this pack, and it's really going to test their depth. And mm. their their pack is their first choice eight forwards are sensational. But then we've mm. seen throughout the year that when you get a little bit deeper below that, Eisenhurst's now out, you start to call on guys that haven't had the same punch throughout the year. And mm. if, they, if they get through the next six weeks without a single injury, when you consider the sort of games they're going to have to play, mm. credit to them. But that's the other worry that I have. Scored 14 points against the Roosters the other night. Yes, you know, that last play they could have scored. They also did score their first try when the Roosters had 12 on the field as well. Mm. So I, 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 you know, and, and when I say I don't think they can win the comp, I mean, I don't know if that's a huge insult, to be perfectly honest with you. It's a fucking hard competition to win. Uh, you're essentially asking me, do I think they're going to beat the Penrith Panthers full strength, which I don't think mm. they will. Mm. Yeah, it's a tough one. I, that's really the only question. I think they've really proven themselves defensively uh, over the last few weeks. It's just going to be really interesting. And you'd have to, and like, I agree with Tim in the sense of like they've got Hughes, Grant, and Munster and mm. Chiefs. You're telling me they don't have guns in their side to score points? Um, so yeah, really, really interesting to see what they do in that. Then uh, I do think that their backs probably need to pick up the slack a little bit and get a bit of better uh, meterage because um, it's just so important in today's game. You know, like they ran, they had six more line breaks, but they ran for about 200 less meters than the Roosters. Um, and they had – so they ran for a, well, over 200 less metres, but they had about the same sets. So they had, uh, they had 41 sets and completed 31, uh, whereas the Roosters had 39 sets and completed 32. So to be, you know, two to 300 metres down on run metres. Uh Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You know, are, are they getting enough oomph out of either their forwards or their backs? I'm not sure. Um, you'd think they'd be closer. But, you know, on in saying all of that, in saying all of that, they essentially doubled the Roosters' tackle breaks and they had the six um, line breaks. So... Are they not capitalising on their their breaks enough? That's what it suggests. Yeah, it? yeah. So, really interesting. I'm not sure where I land on that question, um, but I think it is really the only question for for the Storm. Outside of that, I thought it was a really good performance. You know, really good performance. Only 23 missed tackles. They're just such a well-drilled side against a team like the Roosters. So good. So, um, I think both are still a chance of winning the comp for sure. Um, it's just that Pappy question. He's such a big loss. For example, could you do you reckon the Roosters could win without Teddy? Yeah, pro- probably only because Joey Manu is like great. the second best fullback in the comp, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So almost a bit of an exception. Yeah. So like, imagine if Papi went down and the Storm shifted Joey Manu to fullback. Yeah, yeah it's interesting because like they they're moving Munster to fullback. It's just that I guess that depth mm. in the halves that, yeah. that they maybe are lacking a little bit. In saying that, I thought Cooper Johns was pretty good when he had a shot. He got injured for a couple of weeks there when he probably would have played. Oh, okay. <clears throat> so, yeah, I mean, obviously they don't need to at the moment, but, you know, do they bring him in? Mm. I don't know. Yeah. Probably don't need to. It's, um, <clears throat> yeah, exciting times, though. Storm are definitely still in it. Absolutely. And it just, Bellamy, you know, your point earlier about the great coaches, they just managed to oh, do it yeah. every time. Like Robertson, Bellamy... Look, surprise, surprise, the Roosters and the Storm who have both been through their own dramas this year. That would knock other teams completely off. They get them back on track. So massive, um, just a testament to their organisations and their, and their whole playing squad. Absolutely incredible. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 